0: I give honor to God this morning for the opportunity to stand before you. Amen. I thank God for the head of this house, the apostle. Amen. You will never hear me call him pastor because God has already elevated him to apostleship. And so once you start honoring him in that role, then you can go. Amen. And for also the prophet pastor of the house all of the elders, I bless you, the ministers, and everyone. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I promise I'm not going to be before you very long. (laughs) I'm not (laughs) like my husband. Trust me. (laughs) 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 Hallelujah. So my topic this morning is going to be coming from 1 Samuel 1 and 2, so we're gonna journey all the way through that, amen? But my foundational scripture is gonna be 1 Samuel 1, 11 through 12. And my topic is a mother's vow. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, for a new day. We thank you for a new page in the book called Life. We thank you, oh God, that you kept us throughout the night And as we stand this morning to honor mothers, we just want to say thank you, God, for this day of celebration. Now, Father, I ask that you decrease me and that you stand up in me and that your word will be released with power and that there'll be revelation dropped in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to read from my book because sometimes I can't see the words. God is looking for agreement that will bring him glory. Listen to that. And oftentimes, we go to God with our request and our list of things, amen, that we want for him to do, that we need for him to do, but never really understanding that there must be an exchange made in order for transaction to take place. Come on, did you catch that this morning? So tell your neighbor this morning that God is requiring something from you. Come on, if that, if that neighbor didn't want to talk to you, talk to your other neighbor and tell him again. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, we always go to God praying that he gives us the desires of our heart. But let me tell you today that that's not enough. We must be willing to give God a sacrifice. God is not allowing us in this season to keep going to him with our hands out, begging and asking for something. And never asking him in return, "What, what what can I do? What can I give to you, Father? You see, after all, he already gave us eternal life. He gave us his son. So my question to you this morning is, what are you willing to sacrifice to receive the promise? Come on. So this morning, I would like to speak to you about a very familiar woman in scripture by the name of Hannah. Now, Hannah's name means grace or favor. Hannah was one of two wives. Let me tell you something, that's a problem right there. That's a real problem. We know Hannah as a woman who was barren and who prayed that God would grant her a son. But Hannah was also a praying woman. She was a woman of unwavering faith. And the Bible said that she would go to the temple and that she would pour out her heart to God with weeping and fasting. That sounds like an intercessor to me. Y'all know that's my heart, right? Amen. Amen. And, and that was the purpose for her going because she was believing God, that he would answer her prayer. Now, some commentary said that Hannah prayed year after year after year and nothing happened. But you know that God is God. He can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. But the good thing about it, the commentary says that Hannah never doubted God. Now, having read this story over the years, many of us may have been under the assumption that something was genetically wrong with Hannah. But I submit to you this morning that Hannah's affliction had nothing to do with her inability to produce. You see, it was God who shut down her womb. Tell somebody it was his doing. Because it was his divine plan for her life. Now let me give you just a little scriptures or a little meaning of the word vow. The Websters call it a solemn promise. It's an oath. A pledge, a promise, a bond, a covenant, a commitment. It's affirmation. It's assurance. It's a guarantee. It's a set of promises. Committing one prescribed role or calling or a course of action. And you find that agreement usually in marriage. Amen? So I'm going to ask you now to go over with me to 1 Samuel 1 in the King James Version. And I said to you that we're going to be in and out. So don't ask me where. It's somewhere. (laughs) Find me in the book. Amen? (laughs) Are you there? Are you there? Because I'm running. Y'all know me. And if I pronounce these words wrong, forgive me. Amen? Now there was a certain man of (laughs) Ramah. Rama Theum Zophin, of Mount Ephraim. And his name was Elkanah or Elkanah, the son of Jehoram, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, and Ephrodite. And once again, he had two wives. And one of the wives name was Hannah and the other Penina. Now we know Penina had children. But Hannah had none. Hallelujah. And it says that this man went into the city every year giving of sacrifice unto the Lord. Amen. And he went out to this place called Shiloh. And I read that the place Shiloh meant rest. And the two sons of the priest Eli, those bad boys, Hophni and Phinehas, the priest of the Lord, it said they were there with him also. And when the time had come for Elkanah to make his offerings and, and, and bring his harvest, the Bible said that he gave to his wife, Penina, some, and, he, and, and her daughters and her son, portions. But he gave unto Hannah A worthy portion. Now, some versions of the Bible uh, says the worthy portion meant the double portion. In other words, he gave her the best of the best. He gave her the top. Amen? Why? Because the Bible said he loved her. See, right there is is where you'll begin to understand why Penina did her the way she did. Amen? Amen? You see, Penina was her adversary. She used to provoke her. She used to taunt her. She used to tease her. Ah! Why? Because she was barren. She had no children. But that, the reason why she provoked her so much is because she was jealous of her. She wanted to be the, the, the woman in charge, she wanted to be the authority. Amen, but she couldn't. And the reason why she provoked her so much, because she knew that her only reason for being in the marriage. Uh, was for the sole purpose of giving birth to children. There's nowhere in the Bible that they said that uh, Elkanah loved Penina. It said that he loved Hannah. So that right there was jealousy. That right there is where the contention came in. Am I right about it? How many know that we women today, we're not going to settle for another woman being in the house. Are we not about to let the side chick come up in the house and tell us what to do? Hallelujah. I'm, I might be running, but I'm going to run anyway. Amen? And so uh, verse 7 says, And as he did so year by year, She went up, so she went with them to the house of the Lord because she was so voked, she was so provoked, she was so agitated, and she didn't eat. Hallelujah. Come on, pray for me, y'all. And then Elkanah, her husband, he said to Hannah, well, why weepest thou? Why, Why are you not eating? Why is your heart so grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? And I I had a problem with that. Verse number eight, I had a problem. I said the audacity of you. Because Hannah probably was trying to please her husband and probably gave him permission to bring the side chick in. But he, he was so insensitive because he didn't understand the maternal instinct inside of Hannah was crying out to give birth to her, her own child. So what Hannah did, amen, was try to please her. She went to the table. She sat around. Because I was reading the, the backdrop of this. So you can find that in some of the commentary, you know. So follow me if you can. Amen. But I read commentary because I want to I try to put it together. And so after he said that to her, Hannah decided to just pull herself together and go sit to the table amongst that wicked woman and her children and fake the funk. She, was, she really faked it and acted as if she was happy, you know, to be with the family. And so she ate and she drank and then she found her way in the temple. Now in the temple was Eli, the priest. And he would set up shop, he had a, a, a seat at the temple, and she would run into the temple, bitter in soul, and she weeped and she cried sore, hallelujah, so much so that he thought she was drunk, amen, hallelujah. But I just wanted to run and jump down to this, this thing right here, and you're going to find it in 11. And it says that Hannah weeped, till she was sore, like a crazy woman, just pouring out to God. But what she did was she vowed a vow, and she said, O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look upon my afflictions. Holly, and remember me, your handmaiden. And if you will give me a child, Father, I will give him back to you all the days of his life. And there shall no razor come upon his head. How many know that that's a Nazarite lifestyle? He was not able to shave his head or eat certain foods. And so his job for life was to just do his business unto the Lord in the house of God. Hallelujah. And so Hannah continued praying. And I like this. It says that Eli marked her mouth, which meant that Eli paid attention. He was observant of how she moved her mouth because she was moving her mouth, but he didn't hear anything coming out of it which is why he thought she was drunk. And he said, how, how, how long you gonna come up in here drunk? And she said, no, my Lord, I'm not drunken of wine or strong drink. He actually, actually accused her of being a woman of Belial, which is of the devil. And she had to clarify it. Don't, don't even get it twisted, sir. I'm a woman of God. I'm full of affliction. I'm crying out to God because I desire something of him. And if this is what it's going to take, this is what I'm going to give him. Yeah. She said, I'm a sorrowful woman. I have poured out my soul to the Lord. Hallelujah. So don't count me as a handmaiden or a daughter of the devil. Belial. For out of the abundance of my complaint, I have spoken this to God. And the beautiful part is that Eli says, go, go in peace. Because now she's been doing this every year. Every year, going to the temple, bawling and crying and weeping, and nothing happened. So this particular time, Eli says, go, go in peace. The God of Israel, grant thee thy petition. And so what you've been praying for is done. And so I like this because Hannah left, and her countenance changed. And she just went to the temple. She left the temple, and she went out, and she got her something to eat. She said, oh, it's done now. She felt the, the breaking. Come on. Come on. It's done now, so I can eat, and I can smile now. I can lift my head now because my father heard my petition, and he's going to answer me. Come on. Now, the Bible says down in verse 19, that they rose up in the morning early, and they worshipped. See, Elkanai was a worshipper, although he messed up, amen, by getting ahead of God and, and marrying that second chick, that, that one, amen. He messed up. <laughs> oh, and so they say he, they worshipped up before the Lord. They returned and came back to their house in Ramah. And it said that Elkanah knew his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Oh, come on. Come on, think about it. He knew her. He consummated. They, you know what I mean? They had relation. Huh? Come on, keep it holy. And the Bible says in verse 20 that it came to pass that after Hannah had conceived and bore a son, she named him Samuel because she asked of the Lord. And this man Elkanah, her husband, and all of his house, his wife, his other wife and children, every year they would go to do their yearly sacrifice. And to make their vows. But Hannah says um, that she was not going to go. And he said to her, She said, I want to wait till my child is weaned. And, and the beautiful thing is that he, he respected that. And he says, Whatever seems good. So he's got, she weaned her baby until he was ready to be presented to the Lord. Amen. So Hannah gave her son suck until he was weaned. And when it was time to go up into the temple, she took her sacrifice, which was three bullocks, one ephah of flour, a bottle of wine. And they took it to the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And it says that the boy or the child was still young. I was trying to see what age. I mean, maybe he was three I don't know. Read the commentary. You find out. (laughs) And they slew the bullock and they brought the child to Eli. And she said to the Lord, as my soul loveth the Lord, I am that woman that used to be bawling and crying in the floor. I'm her for the Lord has blessed me. He's given me what I prayed for. Amen. And so she said, what I'm doing now is I have lent the child to the Lord. For as long as he's lived, he'll be lent to the Lord. And it said, he worshipped. And I was saying, well, who worshipped? Was it the the priest, Eli? But when you read again in the commentary, it said he worshipped. Samuel, a baby, he worshipped. When Hannah, his mother, brought him into the presence of God, he knew how to respond. Amen? Because Hannah took that time of nursing him and, and, and giving him suck and weaning him. She brought him into a place of the presence of God. She taught him how to honor God. Amen? Her purpose was to prepare him for a service. Amen? And we'll find that Hannah was not only the only woman who suffered through some infertility. There were many other women in the Bible that could not conceive. And I'm going to fast forward. I'm going to kind of condense it. Amen. So it was Hannah, Sarah, who who, she was Sarah, I returned to Sarah, Rebecca, and Rachel. Amen. Now, I'm going to talk about Hannah with her crazy self. You see, Hannah was old in age. Amen. She was beyond childbearing age. Amen. Sarah, Sarah, I'm sorry. Sarah, help me. Sarah, she was an older woman. Amen. And and she received the prophetic word, a promise that God was going to bless her with a child. And what she did was she laughed in her heart. She's like, God must be crazy. Doesn't he know that I'm beyond childbearing years? Doesn't he know that and so she convinced her husband, with his old self, Abram, to go into his, to enter her handmaiden by the name of Hagar. And out of that, a child was born. But, but I was trying to envision in my mind when, when, she, when she laughed in her heart and said to Hagar, God, God must be a little confused because he knows that I can't give birth. So why don't you take my handmaiden? And he probably said, you sure? She says, oh, yes, my Lord, go. He said, okay, bye. You know, how many men would not jump to the opportunity if your wife gave you the privilege? Amen. I know none of y'all. Come on, stop acting like you're so holy. I know none of the men here, amen, would do it. And so Abraham, he took... Hagar and Ishmael was born. And how many know that Ishmael was not the promised seed? Amen. And the beautiful thing about God is that even in our mistakes, he has a way of still blessing us because his divine will must be done. Amen. And then we had a woman by the name of Rebecca. And Rebecca... She had issues with her pregnancy because she was pregnant with twins. And the Bible says, or a commentary says, that there was war going on in her, in her belly. Amen? Yeah. She had twins that was constantly fighting. You had Esau and Jacob. And, and, and one of them, were, they were trying to see who was going to be first. Amen? And so when, when I think it was Esau was born, he was born first. And he had <laughs> Jacob had his heel caught, amen? He was like, you're not getting out of this room first. I am, amen? And she received the prophetic word also. And the word was, they will fight for the rest of their life. So all of their life, there's going to be contention between the two of them because it, it, it has everything to do with the rise and fall of nations, amen? And, and then we had Rachel. As we know, the story of, of, of Jacob and Laban, Laban, you know, gave uh, Jacob, uh, he was supposed to give Rachel the hand to Jacob, but old Laban played a trick on him, amen? So when he woke up, you know, he realized that's not who I, I paid for. That's not the one that I waited seven years for, amen? But between Rachel and Leah, there was also contention. They were not just married to the same man, but they were sisters. Amen? So we, we see a pattern of contention in the house. You see, you cannot have two women living in the house. Amen? You just can't do it. Not in this lifetime. Sidebar, real quick sidebar. When I was in college, <laughs> I, I had a, a, a friend that I think she was Guyanese, if I am not mistaken. And she introduced me to her brother, and I knew that her brother was married. And um, he was constantly, you know, pursuing me. And um, I said, you're married. And he had the audacity to say to me, well, in my country, (laughs) we can have as many women as we can can take care of. And I said, well, you're not in your country. (laughs) We don't do that here. And so the difference between all of these women was that Hannah had faith. Although God made them a promise, Hannah had to work for her promise. Amen? See, they, they didn't have the faith to believe what God said, so they tried to help God. But Hannah was faithful. She was persistent in prayer. Amen? And that is why she received her promise. Glory to God. And you'll find find that about Sarah. You'll find that in in Genesis 18. And and, uh, Rebecca, you'll find it in Genesis 25 and 22. Are y'all all right? Because I feel like I have to run for some reason. And so now... When it was time for Hannah to dedicate Samuel, she fulfilled her commitment. Amen? And so when she went to dedicate her child, it may have been a heartfelt thing. It may have been very hard for her to have to take her baby and and put him in the house of the Lord and, and walk away. But what Hannah used to do was every year she would go and visit her son. And she watched him grow. Amen. So he knew his mother, although he was living in the house or the temple with the priest. One thing I like about this is that Hannah taught him the presence of God, but Samuel, but, but Eli taught him how to hear God. Yes. Yes. Did you catch that? Yes. So, what I, what I took away from this life of Hannah. Was that she was a real woman. She was a real person. She she was confronted with everyday, real life issues. Yeah. Yeah. And so she and she exemplified grace. You see, we said earlier that Hannah's name meant grace. But I found out that Panina's name meant Pearl. And I and I got a little angry. I said her name should have been Glass because she was so mean. How's she gonna be a pearl? Nothing about her was a pearl. Amen. And so Hannah, you know, Hannah endured so much hostility in the house. But when you read, you find out that Hannah never said a word. She endured it, and, and her mouth stayed silent. And I said, God, you know, that couldn't have been me. I'd have beat Hannah. <laughs> Not Hannah, Panina. The good thing about Hannah is that she never cursed God. She never said, God, how come you didn't give me children and you keep giving this woman children? She never compared. She made her request known to God in her secret place. Hallelujah. And so we get into the vow. I found out that what drove Hannah to that place of prayer was something called desperation. And it was that desperate cry, that desperate prayer that caught the attention of God. You see, he had to allow Hannah to suffer for a little while. And that thing called desperation, it was the catalyst. It was the thing that needed to take place hallelujah, to release the kind of prayer that would get God's attention. You see, we started out with a question. What would your sacrifice be? And we find here that Hannah's sacrifice was a child that she had not even received yet. Amen? So her vow was, I'm going to vow this child to you, Lord, if. You blessed me with this child. I'm going to give him back to you. Amen. Are you following me? So I believe that God waited because, like I said earlier, God is God. He can do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to. He could have given Hannah a baby the moment that she cried out and asked him. But, no, he needed the proper woman, the ideal woman mother he needed someone that he knew was not going to be flighty he knew he needed someone that was able to carry this kind of man that he wanted because Israel was in ruin we understand it was in ruin because of these boys by the name of Eli or Hophni amen and Phineas amen so God needed a woman a mother that was able to house and to carry uh, the strength of this man-child, this prophet. Because Israel at the time was in ruins. There was no voice. There was no prophetic word going forth. There was no judges. Amen. Eli and Hophni had turned the house of the Lord into a, a place of ruin, degradation. Amen. So Hannah wanted a baby, but God needed a prophet. So now we fast forwarding and I hope you follow me cause I don't even know where I'm at right now. <laughs> We're fast forwarding and And Hannah had the child, and she took the time that she needed, a couple of years, we're going to say, to nurse him and to impart into him the ways of God, how to respond when you get in the presence of God. Amen? And like I said, Eli was the one that taught him. When you read into chapter 3, you begin to, you know, follow it when he began to hear the voice of the Lord and, you know, he would go to Eli and say, did you call me? You, you know the story, amen. And so when it was time for Samuel to be presented, they brought the boy to Eli. And, and we said that, you know, she reminded him that she was that person who was crying out, amen. And I think I lost a whole lot of stuff, but it's Okay. So I'm just going to say this: that Samuel, as he grew, he began to grow in stature, but he began to find favor with God and favor with men. Amen. And you find that in Samuel two, verse twenty-six. Hallelujah! And I, I, I'm out of my books, but I want to. I want to just skip now, and I just want to go back to um, Eli. Because Eli was given a second chance by God because his sons, who were supposed to be righteous priests, they messed up. See, they got a little bit beside themselves, and they thought because they were priests in the land that they can do whatever they wanted. And so they would uh, take women into the temple and defile the temple. They would skim off of the, the, the offerings and all of that stuff. They would eat stuff that they had no business doing. And so there was a point in time where um, God reminded Eli that those boys, I'm going to surely kill them. And I'm going to kill them on the same day. I'm going to cut off the arm of your house. Amen. I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to take you out. Why? Because your kids, those priests, they didn't honor my house. And you, Eli, you said nothing. You allowed it to happen. And so what I'm allowing you right now is a second chance. And so that little boy, that child that you have, walking around in the temple with his linen garments, that's the one I want you to groom him. I want you to groom him for me. Amen? Amen, amen. Hallelujah. And so fast forward some time after Sammy was in in the temple. There was a man that, uh, Eli came in contact with and he gave him a prophetic word and it reminded him and on that day that he received that prophetic word is the day that God took his sons out. He says that I'm going to take your house. I'm going to take your kids. He said, I'm gonna surely kill them both of them on the same day. Hallelujah. Come on. You can't mess with God. You can't get in the way of his divine purpose. Hallelujah. Because after all, he's God. Hallelujah. Is this all right? right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you know how you think you have a whole lot of stuff? And I'm saying, what happened to all my stuff? I need you to pray for a minute. Hallelujah. 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 And I think I just ran through everything. And I'm now, I'm in three and I didn't even plan to go there. Amen. But it's all right. Oh, come on. It's all right. Hallelujah. Glory to God. How many more minutes I have? Help me understand what that means up there. <laughs> Eleven minutes? Oh, that's good for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, you know, did, did this make sense to you guys? Did, did it make sense to you? I I, I was hoping that it makes sense, amen? But I wanted to, I wanted to touch on um, that word barren, and I, I said, no, I didn't want to go there, but I'm going to go there anyway because that word barren, I find that it's used to discourage us, amen? Just like panina, it wants to expose our weak areas. It wants to tell us who we're not. And so when I looked up this word barren, it said it it's it it, it it said it's sterile, dry, unproductive, infertile, incapable of producing. Amen? Amen. And I said, God, infertile. But I find that this word barren you can you can also connect it to our finances, amen? Our increase, amen? Glory to God. And so if I was a farmer and I had to depend upon my crops, amen, and adverse weather comes, it destroys your crops, right? So that affects your money, right? And if, and if I was a business person and I'm selling goods and products and I don't have clients to purchase, then there's no profitability. My increase is shut off again, right? And now we as spiritual people, if we do not invest in our spiritual growth, there's something called a deficit, inside of you. Yes. So it all connects. Yes. But I wasn't trying to go there, but I'm going to go there because I took it out of here. But you see. <laughs> so God is, is releasing that now. I don't know why. Amen. Amen. And so y'all too quiet for me. You kind of mess me up. Y'all, y'all messed me up. Hallelujah. And so we're going to go back to the exchange. The exchange was made when Hannah made the vow. Amen? Because I said earlier, there has to be an exchange before a transaction can take place. And so I'm going to ask you again, what, what are you bringing to the table? You're busy going to God asking God because we all do it. I cry out to God every day, God. You know, But God is saying today, this season and time, he's already put enough in us. Amen. He's already done enough for us. And so when we go to God, hallelujah, what are you going to give to him? So I'm going to say again that God is looking for something from you. What shall be your sacrifice? Like Hannah, you have to be persistent. If you want something, you must be persistent. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I think I'm finished. That was kind of quick. I think I'm finished. I think I'm finished. Hallelujah. Persistence. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to say to you that many of us at some point in our life, have experienced this thing called barrenness. Amen? I, I, I gave you the analogy that it interconnects. Amen? So it's not always a physical thing. And even in that, you have to be persistent like Hannah. You cannot allow people to say what you're not able to do, what you cannot produce. You cannot believe the lie because the enemy comes to get you to believe. He comes to get you to agree with the lie. Amen? Amen? You have to be persistent. No matter what the natural is saying to you, you have to grab a hold of God and believe that she's going to give you what you have been crying out for. So I'm going to say these words to you today. Who told you that you were barren? Who, who told you that you were barren? Who told you that you're not able to produce? Who told you? And I'm going to leave you with these words today that God's called you fruitful. He said that you shall multiply. God said that you shall increase, but he wants for you to give him something. What shall be your sacrifice? Stop asking God to always do and begin to learn how to give something back to God. Come on, it's about the vow. When you make a promise to God, you have to honor him. When you say, God, I'm going to do this for you, hallelujah, he's expecting for you to keep your promise. Hallelujah. And so with that, because y'all too quiet for me, with that, because you messed me up. I thought I had all of this wonderful stuff, but you know it's not me. I just want to do what God say do. And so I hope that you, this, this kind of helped you this morning. I pray that you receive some kind of revelation, amen. And I pray that I've provoked you enough to get you to get in the word for yourself, amen. Find out what you believe in God for and stay right there with persistence, amen. And don't let it go until God bless you, amen. Right. Hallelujah. 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 Is this all right? Was this all right? And so I'm just going to, I said, we got no more minutes. I'm done. <laughs> so I thank you this morning. And I want to invite those that have been struggling in their mind with the lie that the enemy has given them, saying that you can't produce anything. There's nothing in you. I'm here to tell you that there's a lot in you. But if you just trust God and if you find your secret place, if you find that you, you have something that you want of God, you have to now begin to give him a sacrifice. You have to give him a sacrifice. Amen. And so I want to invite you to the altar this morning. Those that have been struggling in their spiritual life and you find that there is a deficit, there is a lack there is a need for you to go deeper in the things of God. Like Hannah, you've got to be persistent. You have to invest in yourself. Amen? You have to believe that there's something worthy inside of you. Hallelujah. I'm going to invite you to the altar. And I would like for the ministers this morning, come on, to minister life to the people this morning. Well, I hope that this blessed you. Amen? And I'm going to leave it right there because I want God to do what he wants to do. Amen? So I thank you this morning. Hallelujah. Many of you have not received salvation. You don't know God. Hallelujah. This is your opportunity as well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In order for God to do something, you have to give him a sacrifice. Hallelujah. Don't you dare make a vow to God and don't honor it. Hallelujah. This is your opportunity this morning. God is going to make good on his promise, just like he said he would. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is going to honor his word. Oh, barren woman that did is not bear. God said, Many shall be. Many, many, many shall be. You may not have natural children, but God is going to give you many spiritual children. Come on and believe God this morning. Come on and believe God this morning. Some of you have business and it's seemingly drying up, but God wants to increase your finances. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, grab a hold. Come on and grab a hold. Come on and grab a hole. Come on, there's promise that's gonna be released. There's increase in you that's gonna come forth. Come on and tap in. Come on and receive it. There's purpose. It's locked down on the inside of you. Come on, mothers, grab a hold of your maternal instinct and believe God. And I speak to every infirmity that's blocking the flow, that's trying to prevent life. I speak your womb this morning shall come alive in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you now. We thank you, God, for life. We speak over purpose. We speak over dreams this morning. Hallelujah. Let the power of God begin to wash away every infirmity. Everything that's trying to block the flow. Everything that's trying to block the flow. Those that want a baby, come on, I need your faith to go up. That shall be your sacrifice, your faith coming alive and believing that God can because he can, he can, he can, and he will.